This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's just a few days until the Premier League season kicks off. I'm joined here by uh, Mark Douglas and Lee Ryder. Um, are we looking forward to the, to the new season, lads? I am, yeah, I am. I am really looking forward to it. It'd be great to have football back. Mark, uh, Lisa, you're looking yeah. forward to getting up? I mean, for me, the football never really switches off because it's such a big part of my life. And, you know, I'm always looking for, for games to watch so that the seasons don't really stop and start. It all just seems to be one big thing. But to be back at St James's Park in front of a sellout crowd, to be back in the Premier League, to be playing such a good team as Spurs and have the prospect of getting a good result and really stamping the authority back in the Premier League, I think it's a great it's a great thing and I think the fans need it as well. It's been a long summer for them. They they haven't been able to see every every game like like we have. But I think that game, you know, it's it's one where the whole country's gonna be looking mm-hmm. in as well. It's uh, Rafa Benitez is well aware of that. I think he's I don't think he's had a break this summer. So it's just a massive occasion and I'm, I'm you know, looking forward to being back in the press box on Fantastic. Sunday. Fantastic. We'll get on to Sunday in just a moment. We'll start, though, with the, the latest transfer news, which is Kennedy of Chelsea uh, heading up on a loan. Uh, Lee, first of all, what do you make of that? What's your latest understanding of, of that deal? Well, he's met Rafa Benitez in London. The things are looking good at this stage. We're at, sort of at the paperwork point of the deal now. I think... Earlier in the summer, there was probably a, a completely different list to the one that Rafa Benitez is looking at now. He's had to sort of, you know, maybe drop down. This this could be choice C, choice D in this position. And I think really Newcastle need bodies in. The, the Rafa Benitez has accepted he's not going to get ninety to one hundred million like he expected, like we expected, mm. like we were briefed, and that hasn't happened. They've spent thirty million in terms of transfer fees. Uh, they've probably spent a lot on wages, mm. agent fees as well, and I think really they're, they're probably close to the pot running dry unless Mr. Ashley decides to put some more money in. And Mark, you know, I've been speaking to colleagues down in London. Uh, they've been talking to me about Kennedy, and one of the things that comes across is that this season is really kind of make or break. Um, we've been speaking to. Oliver, who works for uh, Oliver Harbord, who works at uh, Football London, he says that it is this season that he's going to have to impress. Kenny's going to have to impress if he wants to make it at Chelsea. Obviously, well documented issues mm. at uh, the China pre-season tour. What does Benitez, why does Benitez think that maybe he can change the path of, of Kennedy's career? So, well, he's got he's got ability. Clearly, I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. As I think all the players that Rafa's signed this summer have got ability. Um, but I think that they're available at the stage they are and for, for sort of little money, partly because it's about good coaching to get uh, to get the best out of them. Now, 
one of the things that everybody always said about Alan Pardew, um, sometimes a little bit unfairly, I think, was that the players got Pardew, didn't they? That was always what they said. You had your guys like Gail Bigger-Romana, who, who he didn't get the best out of because he couldn't give them chances. Now, I think the job for Rafa this season is going to be to get the best out of players. Now, you know that if you're bringing in players from Spain, Brazil, and, and Kennedy in particular, they, they're going to have a, a good tactical, technical awareness. So they're going to be able to fit into the system that Rafa wants. Now, Rafa likes the young players because he knows that if he sends them out to do a job, they will do that job. It's really important that if he sends them out, he can trust them. That's why I think Mitrovic probably isn't, hasn't got much of a future under Rafa. Kennedy will do that. Um, he's got ability. He's played once in the last season. Now, that's that's kind of the problem here, isn't it? And he's obviously shown a little bit of immaturity off the field by posting what he did about uh, China, which is why he's available for Newcastle. I think they probably would have kept him Chelsea by the sound of things, or they certainly wouldn't have loaned him out to another Premier League team as soon as they did. Um, so it's quite an exciting deal in some ways. It's just the overall thing of Newcastle not yet having brought in anybody with any significant Premier League um, experience kind of makes you think. But look, you know, Rafa's getting on with it and... I think he'll turn this team into something that is difficult to beat, and I think, you know, Kennedy's just going to be one part of that. He's going to be, he's going to offer options, isn't he? Across a back, at the back, he's going to offer a left back, left midfield. He can even play in the centre as well, can't he? I think. Um, so, you know, it, if it was that Newcastle had signed another striker, I'd say a oh, decent addition. I think it's just they need to get that striker in for us to kind of be too enthusiastic about what they've managed to do and is that where you see him fitting in out the back often competition maybe with Paul Durham because obviously we've got Rolando Aarons who's coming back full fitness he's been quite impressive during the pre-season mm. you know if Kennedy comes in and, and, and is in competition for that left-sided midfield yeah. role then what does it mean for Aarons so to speak so how do you yeah. see him fitting in well that's a good question isn't it I mean the fact that he can play in either role just means he can, he can offer that but I think he's probably predominantly coming in as a winger is that what you think or I think winger and a bit of cover at left back I think he's quite he, he can adapt to positions so I think it's probably more of a squad yeah. cover player yeah and yeah. Aarons wise does that mean, what, what, what does it mean for Aarons in that case Lee? Is it, do you think that Aarons is going to go out on loan do you think he's going to stop and offer competition is, is there anything you understand uh, I think with Rolando Aarons is that he, he wants to stay and he wants to push on whether that happens or not I'm, I, I couldn't say 100% at this time because I think personally little bits and pieces that I've heard is, is that he is probably a player that if Newcastle got a good bid for they would sell mm. him and try and boost the kitty towards the end of the window now whether there's clubs are going to be how much would how much is Rolando Aaron's worth mm. I would say between 10 and 12 million mm. they've just bought obviously Jacob Murphy for a similar price I, I honestly think that you know that they can get through without him but me personally, because I think he's a good lad and a good player, I would like to see him succeed here because I think at one point we were talking about him as mm. a potentially another sort of Sterling yeah. kind of player. So, yeah, I think it's it's up in the air for him. He, he couldn't guarantee that he's going to stay. As you've been, we'll get on to pre-season in general as a whole, but on Aaron's pre-season, you, you obviously went to Germany, yeah. you, you followed the, the club throughout the summer. I mean, how did he impress, or did he impress you? Yeah, there was, there was games where, you know, he... The most important thing, I mean, we all know what he can do going forward. He's a very skillful player and he's got a goal in him and an assist in him. But the most important thing for me was that he got taken out a few times in those games, really tough challenges, and he got straight back up. He bounced straight back up. And for me, that was a good thing because we all know his, mm -hmm. his injury problems. He's worked hard to get to that level of fitness. And 
the fact that he's got through the pre-season is, is, a, is a big plus for him personally mm. but where he plays next season we'll have to wait and see that's mm. going to obviously one of the positions which you've slightly already mentioned Mark is up front the striker position uh, we've seen Andre Gray go for 18.5 million we know yeah. United were potentially looking at him at one point yeah, first of all is that someone that you think United have missed out on or have they dodged a bullet no, for that price I, I, I think what um, again you know, Lee mentioned it earlier about kind of what where they were in March and April, which is when that link first sort of came out, is very different from where they are now. I think in March and April, when Graham Carr was there as well, they were looking at different kind of players. They were looking at, yeah, Harry Maguire was one that they, I think they got offered. I think um, Andre Gray was definitely one that they were looking at. Um, there were others that they were looking at as well, who they were thinking, you know, we fancy these. Gray was one of those. I think from what I heard, Rafa didn't massively fancy him in the end. He saw kind of failings there things like I think technically he's not that great I don't think he can necessarily do a job like that I think he, he, he will probably work for what, what Watford want for him he worked for uh, Burnley last season because he's a willing runner you know he's got that you know he's got a goal in him um, but for the money that they're asking I think Newcastle were never going to go there even if they had unlimited funds so I don't think they've missed out on him I wouldn't say a bit like the Maguire thing if they weren't in for him you can't really say they, were, they missed out but you know, again, it's another one where it was another available option who, who they've not ended up with. Um, and, you know, it's worrying when you see Watford and Brighton spending money that Newcastle aren't spending at the moment. And I think that's the only thing is that, you know, like they're going to start the season without a new striker who can play. They cannot end the window without another striker because it just that just to me would just be you know you'd just be inviting problems and um, you know whatever happens whatever Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley kind of you know however they're seeing things and Justin Barnes obviously is there as well however they're seeing things it just doesn't make any sense not to bring in a striker however they do it they need to do it does your gut instinct say they will yeah I think the window, yeah. they will bring yeah, someone in they will they cool. will I'm pretty sure they will yeah because I think that um they will have to, and I think Rafa is. You've seen, we've seen from yesterday, from his quotes yesterday, that he's he will manage it, and he will be true to what he believes in, and he'll keep pushing it um, publicly. Now we know he's come out and said what he'd said at the the fan forum the other week, which was obviously a mixture of positive, which is him saying he's committed to the club, and you know, obviously saying how much he wants to do it well for the squad and the fans and everything, but also concerning part of like saying I'm not happy, I'm frustrated. Um, said it with a smile on his face but you know he said also the key quote for me was we're not getting players we want we're getting players we need and that is a key 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 quote isn't it there Um, and I know it's not the positive message that we want to put across but if he does get a striker in and another you know I think he probably will get two or three more in and there'll be one or two going out um, then I think he'll say right okay let's draw a line under it and let's get on with it um, and long term we don't know where this is going to lead but short term they get a striker in and it could be Lucas Perez then you know he'll get on with it and I think they'll be able to be competitive which is what all, all they need to do and yesterday Lee obviously Rafa mentioned that he'd spoken to Arsenal about Lucas Perez what's the latest that you understand on, on the chase for the Arsenal striker? Well I think Newcastle are looking for a loan deal to begin with for that particular player I think he Wants obviously wants to leave Arsenal. There's no doubt about that. He's got he's got other options. Uh, but Rafa made it clear the other day 
at the press conference I asked him I, I said look mm. we've got to address this Lucas Perez thing what, what's what's going on here and he actually, it's very rare that a manager he never does it does he a manager never speaks publicly about his targets he always says oh we don't do names but on this occasion he says I like him I like the player I know about him and he knew that that would give obviously us a, la- a line to write which was gold for a journalist yeah. to get that uh, but also get that message out there that you know to Lee Charlie. Lee Charlie's got the list of players in front of him now that Rafa wants. They've got to go out and get them. They haven't got much time left. It's it's starting to get a little bit tense mm-hmm. now. And taking that line that you know he said at the press conference that he, you know he likes Lucas Perez and what he said at the Premier League launch about him not being happy at the start. You know they're paying for mistakes. Well, what what's what is Rafa doing there? We've seen before he says he's not political, but mm. to a lot of people that those lines, those quotes, yeah, they seem every bit political. I think he's being honest. Um, you know, it's, it was important that I think we've seen in the past that stuff's gone on that managers haven't been happy with. Steve McLaren wouldn't say publicly what the problems were that then he subsequently did talk about, didn't he? He said uh, he subsequently admitted he, sh- he let things go on that he shouldn't have let go on. And I think Rafa's just getting it out there publicly. He's he's being honest, basically. I think on this one, I, you know, is it a tactic to force the hand of the owners? I think it doesn't do him any harm to, to get it out there in terms of he'll just be thinking well look you know uh, it needs to be pushed he knows he's in a very strong position because the fans the city the players you know even the journalists to an extent are kind of like you know we saw at first time what Rafa did and so he knows he's got a very very strong hand so I think there was an element of that as well but I think he was just being honest and I think you know sometimes he's had to um, he's had to bite his tongue a little bit but um you know, he's just being honest. And will it force Mike Ashley's hand? Well, we don't know how Mike Ashley's going to react. You know, watch this space. We don't. You know, not, let's put it that way. But there's a, there's definitely a, there's definitely a, a, a case I think that out there that um, Rafa's. You know, he's just telling people what what should be happening. That's why Rafa's such a good manager. In that, like, he will. He's just telling people. He's just being perfectly hundred percent honest. I'm not happy. I, I mean, I, I wrote a piece yesterday. I said he's happy at Newcastle United, but he's not happy with Newcastle United, and that is the that is the key at the moment. So long term, does that create store problems? Potentially, it does, but a lot can change. Um, and we still, as I said, don't know where Mike Ashley's head is at. But as I said, watch this space. And when you mentioned kind of paying for the mistakes, I mean, is that simply? Do you think he's, he's talking about just missing out on the likes of Tammy Abraham, or do you think there's there's other things that have gone on that? he's alluding to there uh, me I mean obviously I think they'll probably know this one as well but like I mean he's alluding there I think to the priority targets that he had I mean I think he said yesterday didn't he, he said I got one of the targets that I actually said was my priorities which I assume was Lejeune well, I think it was Lejeune then he had Abraham who scored three and four for, for Swansea in pre-season so that shows he knows what he's talking about and Caballero who obviously that became a bit difficult as well but if he'd have got all of those players and maybe Shea Ojo as well who's another one of his key men um, and he'd got Andros Townsend last in January which is what he wanted as well um, he'd have been very happy and he'd have said right we're on our way again but he hasn't got those I think when he says mistakes I think he means that they waited too long and they didn't pay the money that they should have done and his point yesterday was we didn't pay the money for Tammy Abraham which was a lot by the way I said the other week it was a massive deal um, but now he's saying well we didn't get him and it's going to cost us more either in terms of having to spend more on a striker or potentially even not getting them at all. And for you, Lee, if 
you know, Benitez doesn't get Perez. Who, who is there a name on the radar which you look at and think that would fit the mould that Benitez is, is looking for? Well, he wants somebody who's going to be reliable. And when we talk about that, that we're, we're actually discussing Mitrovic because mm. he doesn't think Mitrovic is reliable in terms of will he get the goals? Possibly. Will he stay on the pitch? Possibly. <laughs> will he? What, what's he going to do? You know, I'm sure he's not uh, going to be throwing rocks at trains as he was talking about the other day. I mean, whether he'd hit the target or not, I don't know. But, but I think, uh, for, for me, really, you've got to go to this Dwight Gill situation. Is Dwight Gill strong enough, fit enough to get through the season? If he's not the backup plan, who is it? Is it Mitrovic? If something happens to Mitrovic, you're struggling. Yeah, you're, playing, you? you're playing somebody out of position, or you're going down the academy and you're saying Emmanuel Rivier. Do you know that forty-five thousand pound we're paying you? Yeah. Can you now start show, showing us what yeah. you, what that what we're getting for that? So going back to who they've got in mind, they've considered so many strikers this summer from all different leagues. We said before Andy Carroll was discussed at one yeah. point. So that for me. Not saying that it's desperation, but if you're going back to something that you know that, that's six years ago now, Andy yeah. Carroll being a success at Newcastle, never been fit, so it's a problem, and he, he is kind of banging on the Lucas Perez deal, so it's it's something he's going to have to. And, and if from the end of the window, a striker hasn't come in, I mean, where does that leave Newcastle? I mean, it doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? It's it's unthinkable. Yeah, it's if they go and if they. Going to September the first without a striker, this the city will be flat, regardless of how they've started the season. Mm. I mean, if they win the first three games, great, but if they don't, then I think it will be really difficult. I think for Rafa Benitez, as we said, he didn't take he didn't take a holiday. He had the players who he wanted on a sheet of paper. They haven't delivered for him, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. He's had the same problems. The difference between Rafa and someone like Steve McLaren, Alan Pardew is that they were prepared to do the job on restricted circumstances. Rafa has been promised certain mm-hmm. things, and so far they haven't been delivered. Mm-hmm. And certainly, if they get a September without a striker, he must feel like banging his head against the mm-hmm. wall. To be honest, it's. And well, they could start the season. They could start the season with Perez and Mitrovic potentially up front, which was the t- the front two that saw him go down. Again. I mean, it's that, that and that, and you know, potentially, if they don't bring in another striker, they've sold Daryl Murphy, so they'd actually have less firepower than they did in the Championship. So, you know, they, they, really, these are the facts staring whoever it is making the decision not to press the button on Perez in, in, the, in the face. And there's nobody coming through either from the yeah. under. There's no goal scorer from the under 23s that's definitely going to come in and say he's ready, give him a chance. It's nothing like that. Obviously, Adam Armstrong's gone out on loan. As I say, you know, I'm Manuel yeah. Rivier. <laughs> Your quite instinct, ladies. Are you? Are you have a feeling a bit like Mark that they will bring somebody in just simply because they have to? Well, at the end of the day, they they haven't done it so far. It took them the Marino deal, for example, took them nearly eight or nine weeks to get that sorted. We've only got three weeks left, mm. so you can't guarantee anything. You'd like to think it would happen. You'd like to think Rafa would be backed. You should think what happens if he isn't backed. So it's. You know, it's time for the board, Lee Charney, to step up to the plate and, and go out there and, and deliver 
for Rafa Benitez to go into the long, hard winter mm. with the tools for the job. If you haven't got the tools for the job, it's like anything. If mm. you haven't got the tools for the job, you can't do it properly. Mm. You're going to be doing a secondary thing. They've got to make money available. So it's you know it's up to the powers that be now. And Mark, why isn't it working as smoothly as Benitez would have hoped this transfer window? Is it a case that the money isn't there? Or is it a case that it's more to do with um, the TV money? that actually doesn't really want to give him the money. I mean, well, what's, what's, what's your opinion? Well, Alan Pardew said this week, and he's probably, you know, bear in mind he was there, um, that the club only spend what they generate, which, you know, so I think there's, it sounds like maybe that they're, they're, they're spending the money that they got from the, t- from the TV deal, so they get, you get about 30, 40 million at the start of the season. Um, but that wasn't what Rafa understood it to be as you can see from the way he's, he's talked. Um, I think the, it's like a combination of things, really. I think the takeover situation, to, to, that kind of um, was a red flag for me a little bit when that first came out um, about Mike Ashley might sell. Because, you know, if you're going to sell the club, then you don't, you know, you may be looking after the balance sheet a little bit more. Um, I think this, the presence of Justin Barnes there—that's two transfer windows now where he's been involved, and two transfer windows where Rafa's not got what he wanted. The previous transfer window, um, he did. I don't know Justin Barnes; I've not met him, um, so I'm just kind of surmising there because I don't know exactly what his role is. But put two and two together, and and, and it looks pretty obvious there. Um, and I think finally, I think they've they, you know, they haven't got the money that a lot of the teams at the top. The market's been really difficult. Um, so that, that's been a problem as well I think there's probably a little bit there you'd hope so um, but yeah it's just a case of you know why, why didn't Kevin Keegan get what he wanted why didn't you know it just feels to me as if like there's a little bit of whatever's going on it's not generally being communicated at the moment as I said you know we, we might we might learn a little bit more about that at some point hopefully um, so yeah it'd be nice to think that it might change but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I can't give you a definitive answer because Rafa hasn't got a definitive answer. So it's funny you mentioned Keegan because I, I covered the club that summer where Keegan walked out, and they were in Mallorca that summer playing in a tournament, and Kevin was very downbeat during that during that few weeks, mm. and it was very obvious that something wasn't wasn't right behind the scenes. I haven't quite detected that with Rafa. Yeah. I think he's be he's got a bit more fight in him than than Keegan did at that time because I think for Keegan it was like his worst nightmare happening mm. all over again. Him not getting not so much not getting his way, but not being able to do the job that he the, the job he wanted to do. You know, he didn't get that opportunity. Whereas Rafa, not, this is the first time Rafa's been here for Keegan. He'd, he'd been there many times before, so I I, I think that. Raphael certainly put up a fight with the board, whether he walks out or not, which keeps getting dredged yeah. up, doesn't it? I, I, I'm not saying he's he's not like brave enough to walk away, but he, he could he could do if yeah. he's not he's not worried, is he? No. He, he walk into another job straight away. Yeah. I think I think what's really interesting, Lee mentioned it there, and I think that is absolutely a, a key thing was. Actually, when you watched Rafa yesterday, and when Lee's spoken to him in pre-season, when you see him in his press conferences. He's full of smiles. He's having little jokes here and there. It doesn't look like a man who's ready to walk away. He said to he said himself there, like I'm po- I'm staying positive. Um, 
he's like, I mean, this is the, the tragic, no, not the tragedy of the situation, but because that makes it sound more serious than it is. But it's the, the, the shame of the situation is you've got a guy there who it would take something remarkable for him to walk away because he loves the city, he loves the fans, he feels an obligation to the fans because they've given him so much, they've given this affection in him, which which I think he hasn't experienced in his last few jobs, and he feels this responsibility, and that's why he's such a that's why his fans love him, and that's why they'll back him, and that's why the he's the got the respect of football exactly. You know, it, sorry for putting in there, but well, it's just something. I remember from pre-season when they played Mines away the Mines players they're all after the game in the mix zone they're more or less queuing up to go yeah. up to the guy and shake his hand just to and that's the respect he's got in football yeah, but, yeah. and that's the thing isn't it and it's like he's an honourable guy he doesn't want to walk away he thinks this job is not even begun yet um, so he wants to stay and he wants to do it um, but you know and, and he's probably already done more than enough to repay the, the, the club in a way. He'll feel like keeping up this season. Um, I think he'll stay until the end of this season, whatever, because I think that he'll he'll see it as a challenge. Um, but you know, he doesn't want to walk away. That's the thing. He doesn't. It's the last thing that he wants to do. But you know, don't test him. Yeah. Like none of us, you know, none of none of us want him to walk away. But don't just just don't push him too far because you know he'll put up with a lot, and I think he has put up with a lot. But he's not. Letting, he's not letting it. Like Lee made a good point there. He's not. He, he, there's fight in him, isn't there? He's like turned it all around because he's been he's been annoyed. And we saw the first set of headlines were in back in June, the end of June, and that was accurate. And I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's stirring the pot," but that was accurate. But he's kind of changed his mentality during the preseason. He's adapted to the yeah. circumstances, you know. And he's the thing with him is he, he's intelligent in terms of he understands the mood within the camp and. Mm. You've only got to watch him in training. Well, lucky enough, we can see him in training. We can see him around the place, things like that. When I in Germany, yeah. and he's just such a football man mm. that I mean, anyone who doesn't go, you, you know, my football managers, they can't wait normally mm. to get away for the holiday. Yeah, you know, Bahamas, wherever. But Rafa, you know, stayed here. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? That's the other thing about Rafa, like which I think is quite funny and quite like quite um, endearing is that the guy it'll be his worst nightmare to be for the season to be going on in England him to have walked away be sat in his home in Wirral knowing that probably his chances are he's not going to get a job like really quickly watching everything going on his players playing for somebody else at Newcastle he just won't that would kill him I mean you know this is the guy who went and when he was out of work in Liverpool uh, went and coached his daughter's junior team because he was so like he wanted to be involved and he was like telling them what to do tactically doing all this he's obsessed with football he doesn't he wants to be in a job you know and, and that's what Newcastle have got for their money you know and that's what if they tap into that and just give him a little bit of what he wants his targets aren't unrealistic Tammy Abraham isn't Neymar you know it wouldn't have taken too much but anyway like I don't want to get into that run again but I thought Lee's absolutely spot on there I and Lee's got the end side because he's seen him all summer um, nobody else has seen every minute of pre-season nobody else has seen those training sessions you know Lee, Lee, Lee's spang on there we'll, we'll get on to Jim just said just one more question if the transfer window isn't a success if Benitez deems it not to be a success I know you've briefly mentioned this Martin in your book about Lee Charney what does it mean for Lee Charney because can he afford another failure so to speak on his on his, on his, on his, on his card well I think his main brief last season 
lead journalist was to get the club back to the Premier League to keep Rafa which he's done so far mm. and to get a good major sponsor which he's done so as far whatever anyone else thinks of him his pledge to Mike Ashley with those three things and he's achieved all three we've now got three weeks left of this window and it's his, his task really for the supporters and for the people of the city is to make sure Rafa's happy for them them three weeks and you know the, the pressure it's a, it's a tough job being managing director of Newcastle United let's be honest he's had a tough summer as well mm-hmm. Lee Charney uh, and for him really going forward this is his chance to really establish himself as a good administrator in the game if he can get Rafa the tools for the job he needs and let's just get into September happy mm. and go into that long hard winter then I, I think it'll be pretty quiet on, on that in terms of mm. pressure from fans if you take all the boxes go into September people should be happy mm. I suppose in a way he's working on the constraints because it doesn't work that or do you believe it would work that Mike Ashley will say to him like kind of, here's the budget you've got to go and work within that constraint I mean that or is it that Lee Charney just isn't maybe no it's a bit more complicated than that I think probably the the, the deals um, he has to do the the best deal he can do in terms of the best bargain he has to squeeze every penny out of every deal and I think probably what's happened is that a few of the deals that have come back to Newcastle um, have just not appealed to the bean counters I don't think Mike Ashley I I mean Mike Ashley said himself didn't he in the High Court I have no Frontline involvement with Newcastle United. Now I'm, you know, obviously he said that in court, so fair enough. But you know, I don't believe that he's not influential at Newcastle United. He might not have a day-to-day involvement, but his philosophy for the club is what pins everybody down. And I think that Lee Charnley last summer was given a free reign to do whatever he wanted, and we could see it worked well. This summer, it's something's changed, and in January, something changed, and that whatever has changed has come from Mike Ashley, whether directly or indirectly it's come from somebody yeah. um, it's, I mean seems like he's in the background isn't he I mean yeah. a lot of a lot of people a lot of fans and readers perhaps think that the situation in Newcastle is a little bit like when Freddie Shepard was there and he was at his desk and he was picking mm. up the Chronicle every night and you know he was making sure the Chronicle got stories this is before my time before <laughs> your time yeah. and a lot of people you get a lot of people on Twitter going oh you're in Ashley's pocket well Mike Ashley isn't based in Newcastle. Mm. He's not up here. Lee Charlie doesn't do a lot of press. The the main, the main voice, the only voice really from the boardroom is Rafa's. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. And we've got a pre-season after uh, Lee Uber over in Germany. Mm. Uh, you saw the two pre two pre-season games there. You were the, the only journalist over there for the, for the, for the mains game. Um, what impressed you the most? I mean, was there anyone that stood out particularly? Um, you know, from the from the squad that went over. I think the team spirit. It's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, saying the team spirit's great going into the new season. But I've been in Newcastle tours where the team spirit isn't so good, and there's been a lot of infighting. I think remember in America a few years ago when Jose Enrique was let loose on Twitter and probably didn't realise the damage he was doing, and there was problems within the group. Some players weren't speaking; they wouldn't sit on the same table as each other at the when they were having the meals and stuff like that so I've seen Newcastle groups where the harmony hasn't been there I mean I think we've seen on on social media the players doing the 
the song before the dinners and I think that that bodes well for the season that they, they seem to be a group that are determined to prove people wrong a lot of people are going we need new signings we probably do need new signings there's no doubt about that but the players who are still here have still got a point to prove and I quite like the fact that they're, they're on a bit of a mission to, to show you know people prove the doubt is wrong if you like and was there anyone I know I've mentioned Owens earlier in the podcast but anyone for you that you know you got back and you thought you know he he's he's, he's making a point he's got something to prove I thought John Joe Shelley's been fantastic in pre-season I come back from a training camp in Portugal which is a bit of a standing joke amongst the players because they think they think that John Joe's been feeding the press about this Portugal trip but he is in incredible shape from what he was two seasons ago when he first arrived here he's looked good he's looked sharp if you watch the games back I think against Verona some of the balls he played through were fantastic yeah. same in Wolfsburg the Wolfsburg players were trying to rattle him trying to get him sent off the referee actually said to take him off before he gets sent off but he kept his cool that was a really key mm. point kept his cool set the third goal up and, and got the win so John Joe Shelby's a player that's come back with a point to prove he's been handed the captain's armband a couple of times keep an eye on that on Sunday because we don't know who, who's mm. going to start with the centre-halves if Lascelles doesn't start then Shelby could well be the man pulling the strings in the midfield with the captain's armband on so yeah John Joe Shelby for me has had a top pre-season and how important do you think it was to travel kind of short haul as opposed to going to China or the United States I mean, do you think that's going to play an important part in the, at the start of the Premier League season I, I think for any football club if you get a great deal like a mega money deal to play yeah. in America or Australia or Japan then it, it's good for the club if you're if you're in your first season back in the Premier League it's perhaps not a good thing because if you have a bad start it can have a knock on effect and Newcastle need a good start they need to get you know long before October they need to have you know 10 to 12 points in the bag at least to to, to make sure that they don't follow the likes of Sunderland and Middlesbrough and I think you know you go, you go back this long before I was a reporter in Newcastle in 1996 they went to Thailand I think when Shearer Shearer signed and they came back in the first game was the Charity Shield and they got absolutely mauled and it was yeah. because the players were completely drained of energy I think the season when they went to New Zealand as well was, was similar they didn't yeah. have it didn't have a great start so <laughs> It's important to get pre-season right. If you if you're getting a good amount of money for it, it's probably worth it. Especially if you've got the the right squad. If you're coming up and you're struggling and you're getting a pittance for it, well, what's the point? Mm. Go somewhere where it's a short hop. Get your work done. Get your minutes under the belt, and and then you start the season well. And I think that's where Newcastle are. They've had a short pre-season. They've done the work in Ireland and Germany, and now they're ready to start the season. Tessin, just one last question about pre-season. I just want to ask you about the army. From my personal opinion, I've been quite impressed when he's dropped a bit deeper. Yeah. He's, he's running. He's making the tackles. Yeah. He, he, where do you think his best position is? Do you still think he's up for that number ten, or do you think Benitez might see him kind of push back a bit? Well, you've got Marino there as well now. You've got Shelby. You've got Hayden. So I, I think that's a role he could do, but I don't think he'd be first choice there. At the minute, there's a real scrap going on for that number 10 role between Perez, Diarmé and De Jong. De Jong yeah. So, the forgotten man. So, he's a player that he's, 
he's remained on board. There's no way that Rafa's looked to sell him because he knows that he, he can do a job. He's a good guy in the dressing room. He's got experience as well. He, he has got a goal in him. So I think really he goes into the season again and he's got, he's got a point to prove. He's got to prove that he, he's regular. He's worth a regular starting place, which, mm. you know, I mean, last season he, he admitted himself. He said this is his worst ever season, yeah. didn't he? So... Spurs this Sunday the big kickoff. In the last time Spurs with St James Park, it was it was some atmosphere, it was some mm. game. You know, it could have it could have been absolutely disastrous, but the fans kind of clubbed together and made it made it an atmosphere that arguably persuaded um, Rafa Benitez to 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 stay or at least to meet Mike Ashley and see yep. what his options were. I mean, both you guys were there. I mean, Mark, for you, what what do you remember about the day? Oh, it was a, a remarkable day in terms of the performance, which was kind of. Newcastle had threatened to do that to a few teams actually at the start of the season but then eventually that was the one point at which that team all sort of came together because it was a good 11 but it just did wasn't a team really but it, they did come together that day but the atmosphere was just phenomenal and it was kind of the start of the rebirth of the football club in some ways um, which you know which hasn't been strangled despite what has happened this summer you know there's still that it's still got um you know the, uh, the the fan groups. You still got a, a talk of. A, I think the atmosphere would be fantastic on on Sunday, and I think that that was a day. You know, it was a day to kind of remember, which sounds ridiculous because you know they got relegated by Sunderland. Don't forget the day, the few days before Sunderland fans were flying a plane over. Um, it was going to be like a humiliation. It was painted as you know Mike Ashley kind of protests were going to be kind of come in, and it just was completely different. And um, you know it was some way to sign off from the Premier League, and I think that you know if, if the result is if Newcastle get a draw on Sunday and the atmosphere is good, I think it will make a big difference. I think it's going to be really, really tough on Sunday. I think Spurs um, are, have been a probably the outstanding team of the last two seasons consistently, not won anything. Um, probably the best team since Newcastle in '96 not to win anything last season they were really really good last season and the season before as well um, but you know you can. there's the chance of catching them cold isn't there it's a big big different season for them this next year if Newcastle can get on their midfield which I think Rafa will set them up well um, and defensively they can they can sort they're alright I think they can get something out of it I think it's going to be hell of a tough I think anything they get out of that game is a bonus and I mean they've not signed anybody yet Lee yeah apparently they're on the verge of signing uh, Southampton's second goalkeeper I believe um, I mean the fact that they've not signed anyone Danny Rose has come out today and he's kind of said we need players yep. he's kind of had a slight dig but I mean for you Lee does it really matter they've not signed anyone they've still got the likes of Harry Kane you know they've still got a very strong team and it's going to be a very tough test well they've signed a new stadium haven't they so they, and they're going to Wembley every week so no seriously I, th- I just think it's a, it's an opportunity for Newcastle to get a win I think they've got some good players on the books but I think if you pushed for a, a title in the last couple of seasons, you really need to freshen up. You can't really stand mm. still, and they haven't done that. So, and hopefully, they don't do it by Sunday. I'm not too worried about them signing a goalkeeper. Uh, but I think, uh, as we've said many times, I think at St James's Park, when that's full, mm. you can you can actually beat anybody. And it was proved that day when Newcastle already relegated the five-one. Mm. So I think really for Rafa. He'll see this as an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll do well. So I obviously, um, one man who may or may not be there is Musa Suzuko. He looks like he's possibly heading off to to 
Turkey. I mean, it's just not really weird from at all, has it? Musa no. um, was, uh, you know, I mean, he made a bad career decision in some ways to go to Spurs because uh, I understand that he went because he gave him more money and gave him more, it was a bigger club for him in some ways. But, um, you know, Van Alden made a good career decision to go to Liverpool, knew that he was going to fit in, he was going to be there. Uh, Jan Matt, I think, probably not a bad move for him either. Um, Townsend it turned out okay for him in the end because he did stay in the England team. Sissoko was just badly advised, made the wrong decisions, was left to the last minute. I could understand him going to Spurs, but, you know, they, I mean, it wasn't Sissoko probably didn't make the bad decision, it was Spurs who made the bad decision by signing him. He's not technically, he was never that good. You know, what he was about was pace, power, you know, in a team that was, you know, centred around him, which Newcastle was, he was pretty good. But Spurs were never going to do that because he he's not as good as their other midfielders. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think just he wasn't a bad guy, Sissoko. That was the thing. When you actually spoke to him, when you saw him with his you know, family and stuff, he's obviously a nice guy, but handled the whole situation dreadfully. You know, I thought... Um, was incredibly disrespectful of Newcastle United as an institution um, and his manager as well. I mean, that interview that he gave when it, which came out on the plane or bus back from Fulham um, was, you know, I mean, Rafa would have entitled to be absolutely furious with him for the timing of it. Um, you know, so disrespectful. Newcastle would try. He was the whole thing that Rafa was trying to do was show that we've moved on from last season, and, and Musa was bringing it back on the day that they started the season, and that was the most disrespectful moment of the whole thing for me. Um, but um, and he might figure on something. He'd probably be on the bench, I would have thought, because um, you know I know he's completely out of favour, but they haven't got a lot of players, so he might be on the bench because he can play right back. <laughs> he has played right back, I think. Did he play for, that, for Newcastle? Well, I'm not sure, but he definitely didn't, right didn't last long in the memory if he did. Uh, Prediction-wise on Sunday, score prediction? Uh, I'll be optimistic and say I think it'd be a score draw, but uh, I'm Lee's, Lee's very optimistic and I, I, I'd like to have a bit of his optimism. Um, yeah, score draw. If you start playing. I think it'll be tough. Uh, I think Spurs will be a big threat, but I do think Newcastle will have a game plan under Benitez. I think secretly behind the scenes there's a lot of you know tactics going on and some interesting things that you might say on Sunday so I'm going to be brave and predict a 2-1 win for Newcastle here's Houghton and on that obviously it's going to be a full house sold out on Sunday it was sold out more than a week before um, we're going to listen to Alfred Benitez he was speaking at the Premier League launch um, this is courtesy of uh, the NUFC.co.uk website who kindly shared their um, audio with us you spoke about passion there, um, and there'll be plenty of that in the stands. Fifty-two thousand sellout on Sunday. Will that be a bit of a, an extra boost for the players? I hope so. I hope so that it will be the same during the whole season. So we have to realise what means uh, to go relegated, what means uh, to promote, and to be here again. So I think that all the fans uh, they have to help a little bit the, the players on the pitch to be sure that they they give their best. And if we can do that during the whole season, we have more chances to achieve what we want to achieve. That the first target has to be to stay up, and, and the second one is uh, just uh, every game try to do a little bit better and go as high as we can in the table. Uh, so there, obviously, Rafa's talking about a full house now. He wants a kind of a, the commitment and the passion from the fans to be all, throughout the season because it'll help the players get onto the next level. And he also has set out the kind of 
the target of obviously achieving survival is, is, is the top target and then just whatever comes next getting up as high as possible I mean first of all the fans I mean they are the 12th man aren't they I mean mm-hmm. they are so important to, to make St James's Park this kind of cauldron of noise yeah it's I mean you look at newly promoted Brighton and Huddersfield as well I think their fans will be experiencing something different this week something exciting and new whereas Newcastle have been there but you know because this city is about football it's anticipation and just getting back into that routine people have got the you know on a match day they like getting up early and going to the favourite pubs mm. meeting up with their friends it's an outlet but when, when the game kicks off everyone's right behind the team and I, I, I can got a funny feeling it's going to be a, an electric atmosphere this one because I think there's so much build up has happened now and I think for Rafa but it is his name will be getting chanted from the rooftops and I just think there'll be a few surprises as well on the day so it's going to be one I'm looking forward to and cannot wait and Mark obviously he's, he sets survival as his priority I mean that's that's is that realistic or do you think he's just dumbing it down and easy he'll be aiming for a bit, for a bit higher I think apart from seven teams at the top that that's where everybody starts the season isn't it um, even Leicester you know last season won the league and then the next season there they had to make a change to, to, to stay up so I think he's absolutely spot on there I mean you know he'll be aspiring to more than that he hasn't got the players in who he wanted to, to aspire to more than that but yeah I mean survival is clearly the the number one I mean Newcastle have been involved in three relegation fights in the last four seasons that they've had in the Premier League so if they can stay out of that scrap at the bottom then you know it's progress um, I think the fans will be fantastic I think Sunday is going to be a very interesting day um, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a big day for Newcastle United um, for a lot of reasons and I think that you'll probably see that the atmosphere will just be phenomenal and it's an early kickoff as well so town is going to be buzzing from about nine o'clock um, you know, it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I'm sort of talking myself into looking forward, looking forward to it now. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be. I think <coughs> the fans are just, you know, they're going to be so important this season. Definitely, and we'll get on to um, kind of the whole season um, as well as a whole. Um, but we'll start with kind of just looking at the players Newcastle signed so far. Um, you know, is the one player lead that sticks out for you is, is the kind of. The, the sign which you say you know that is you kind of hold them up and say that's the one well probably a couple that I would mention I mean Lejeune has looked really really comfortable at centre back reminds me a little bit of I mean we've had some dodgy defences down the years <laughs> right We're from the Keegan era and then we've just had to the downright pathetic defences but this guy brings me a lot of confidence when he's on the ball just weaves out of the defence plays a simple pass, just calms everything down. He reminds me a little, the only other sort of time I felt like this is when we said Jonathan Woodgate. Yes, I mean, against Verona, he looked so composed on the ball, he was yeah. taking his time, and it, it does, it, it makes a, a difference to the whole team, doesn't it? Cause yeah, and if you can keep him fit, which we couldn't do with Woodgate, and we end up selling him. You know, it was, I mean, I remember a night when Newcastle played Marseille, and Drogba was at his pomp, and you know, he was scoring goals of fun. Woodgate just completely had him in his pocket that night. And you know, you remember you remember defenders like that when Newcastle because of the bad defences. But this guy so far so good has looked really comfortable and composed. The other guy I give a quick mention to is Marino. Once he gets the the minutes in his legs, I think he's going to be a fantastic sign. Coming from Dortmund, didn't really get a chance there. Did well in Spain before that, but obviously playing under Rafa, he seems 
hungry. He seems he seems like a really switched on, intelligent mm-hmm. lad as well. He's been training on his own to try and build up the the fitness. Seems to quickly want to get his apartment sorted out uh, within the city and just really get stuck into life here and, and take on the challenge. And I think he's been a, a good, shrewd signing for Rafa. And it's going to be a difficult decision for Rafa, hasn't he? He's got a couple of difficult difficult decisions to make. Is it going to be Hayden and Shelby? Is it going to be Shelby and Marino? And is it going to be Lejeune and Clark? Mm. Or Lejeune and Lasalle? Because I mean, we're, we're pretty certain that it'll be Shelby and Lejeune starting them positions. But for you, Lee, I mean, do you think he's made his mind up or is it going to be... I think fitness-wise, Marino's. I think he's only got what fifty minutes under his mm. belt so far. I think that's a that's a cause for concern. Hayden looked sharp the other day. He may start, and Marino might play a part in the game. So I think that's going to be it's going to be close. And then the centre backs. Well, Clark. You would think Clark, but then do you drop your captain? Yeah, it's it's. Is it is it a case that uh, Benitez likes to play one right foot and one left footed? And that would that would fit Clark and Lejeune, or you know, but like Lee says, do you, do you drop your captain? I mean, it would be it would be setting some statement to begin mm. with for the season. He's not afraid to do it. He's done it before. Uh, Lascelles hasn't. If you look at Lascelles' minutes, he it's hasn't played as many as others. Clark's been the the main man. Although Clark's played on the left hand side as mm. well, and we've spoken on this before about potential different shapes in the defence. So. As I say, you can't rule anything out with Rafa. We keep these tactics closely guarded, and yeah, I think it's a big, big decision if you drop yourselves. And Mark, uh, for you, I mean, the player who's any player that's come in that stands out? Uh, not a player who's come in, but I think Atsu's pretty sharp in pre season. He has. Um, Strong. I thought he was really good on um, Sunday, and you know, he's kind of gone under the radar a bit because, but he finished the season really well, um, and he started the season well, and I think. He probably wouldn't have been Rafa's, won Rafa's team sheet for the Spurs game when he signed him, but I think he probably will be on Sunday now. So I think he's, you know, let's not forget, you know, he's he's a new signing, but obviously he's played for Newcastle. But Studio Jameson will be devastated because if you remember, he was the only one of our sports desk who said not to sign him. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be reminding him of that nice. every uh, every game to come. Um, so I mean, season preview, kind of, I mean, prediction-wise, I know obviously the season's just kicking off. We could be getting in a few more signings in, but I mean, generally, how do you see the season going? Um, do you think it's going to be a, a comfortable season, Mark? Do you think, or do you think it's going to be a, a battle against relegation? I think it's going to be a battle. Um, I think it's going to be a battle because you know you've got the step ups huge, and you know the top six teams. If Newcastle can take any points off them, um, it's they'll be doing well because they're all they're all really strong teams, and I think they will take some points off those top top six. In the season, but um, but then you know then you're putting the pressure on the next set of games that they've got to go and win. Uh, and Rafa made a good point yesterday when he said the mentality thing's key for Newcastle because they they're used to winning. I think Rafa's only lost um, twelve games since he's been here. I think he's he maybe a fantastic, yeah, maybe even less than that. So he nearly kept him up the season before. You know, he was yeah. it was if he came in a few games earlier, if he'd come in in January or yeah. February, he would, would and they'd signed a striker. Apart from Sadie Dumbier, you know, he would have kept him up. So, you know, we're kind of like, and Rafa himself has said, look, the manager doesn't matter as much as people kind of make out. You've got to have good players. But, um, you know, if, I, I, think, I think they'll stay up if Rafa stays and they get a striker in. Um, but I think it's going to be um, 
it's going to be you know they're going to have to struggle they're going to they're going to struggle at times people have got to stick with it if as long as Rafa's happy and yourself I mean how do you see are you along the same lines it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a battle well it'll be tough but it's always tough for me I'm probably a little bit more optimistic I think if Rafa gets the the players he wants in the next three weeks and obviously he stays then I, I think we can have a good season I'm I'm not going to say I mean I, I think it was Dean Saunders and Greg Bellamy earlier in the summer said about finishing the top the Newcastle fans expected finishing the top four well I don't know which Newcastle fans <laughs> he's been talking to I'm not going to be unrealistic and say top six or top top eight but I think they can definitely finish in the middle of the table with, with a you know you'd, you'd expect that from Rafa mm-hmm. and if we can continue I just wish Mike Ashley can sit down with him and and tap into his vision because I think if you continue to back Rafa give him what he needs let the let the club flow properly you know continue to mm-hmm. you know play for the fan base if Rafa stays here three or four years I'm I'm pretty convinced you can put at least one trophy on the table and that's something we've been mm. praying for many, for, for, for many, decades many for, for my whole life as well and and I think Rafa's the man to do it give him two or three seasons keep backing him he'll keep you in the Premier League and he'll, he'll deliver a cup mm. and I think to be fair even if Newcastle won the League Cup oh. the party would go on but for, you forever can, you can see that as well just in the way you're speaking obviously yeah, well, I'm a fan you're a fan and there is an excitement there is about what Rafa can achieve and it is so frustrating when you look at it at what Mike Ashley is is not doing, and everything else is in is in the right kind of all the ingredients are there mm. except the key one, which is Mike Ashley's money, the budget, and it is it is very frustrating to to be in the position where it is near one perfect, but for but for the one thing, I think Ashley's got to enjoy it as well again, yeah. hasn't he? Because yeah. he hasn't enjoyed it in recent years. It's yeah. been protests, and rightly so, that things that weren't going right. But there was a time where he was. Loving being a football yeah. club owner, wasn't he? he was wearing the shirt, yeah, and not all that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if there's one man out there that can get him back, intoxicated mm. by the club again, that's Rafa. That's the surprise, isn't it? Really, that Rafa went into the chairman's suite at the end of last season with the trophy. You know, they, they had pictures and three of them with arms around each other. So why then? You know, he's kind of like you know, it looked like there was a bit of a bond forming there. There was an understanding. So why it's ended up how it has this summer, um, I assume we'll probably find out soon enough. But um, but you know, as I said, it's you know, I, like Lee talking there about. I mean, I'm not a fan, and I would love to see this city with a trophy. You know, I would love to see it. I, I mean, you know, I covered northeast football full stop, and I remember going with Sunderland to the cup final. Newcastle haven't done anything close to that since I've been here. But I remember going to the Sun with Sunderland to the cup final and. Uh, League Cup final and, and you know they're kind of it's like an aching in this in this city and an aching in this region for a bit of success and uh, it would be just terrific it would be absolutely terrific and it would be you know kind of something to, to, to see and I think Rafa thinks he can do it I mean you look at his record in Cups he's won everything pretty much so and and I mean you know everybody says I mean he said himself the manager doesn't do anything he won the European Cup with um, Jimmy Traore playing a fullback <laughs> he got half of those players he then sold he didn't he within about two seasons I mean you would you'd see nothing if, you, if Rafa Benitez delivered a trophy of this city you'd have seen nothing like it you know, yeah. I've been in the city reached the cup final in 98 and 99 
and uh, there's like 70,000 people in the city centre to cheer on an over top yeah. bus with no trophy and that is the Civic Centre in the Civic yeah, Centre remember that and you know when they won the first division in 93 the old first division obviously there was like 200,000 people yeah. in the centre like climbing on top of church roofs to, to get a glimpse of Keegan nearly killing themselves to get a glimpse of Kevin Keegan with the trophy and it's like what what would it be like if the, there was Actually, real success yeah, so there were, but it was buzzing on um, the final game of the season, wasn't it? I mean, that atmosphere was absolutely fantastic that day because, you know, obviously the way it happened, if they'd have just rolled it rolled it over, it wasn't quite as good in 08-09 when they kind of just won the league. It was it a was good atmosphere at the end of it, but the atmosphere for that Barnsley game, town was absolutely just, you know, I, we were kind of all sitting out, wanted to go for a... I wanted to go to a bar and sit somewhere and, and enjoy it with everybody else. We had to work, um, so we couldn't. But it was, but it was, it was great. And you know, I just think that vision. If you know Mike Ashley, to go down as the man who delivered Rafa, and then they got they won something on it. You know, his legacy would be completely different from what it is now. Um, and you know, he baffles me, Mike Ashley, because I don't see you know if he doesn't want hassle from his football club and he wants it to run itself. Let Rafa get on with it and and just see what happens, you know? Because I'll tell you, it's a lot harder for him if Rafa walks out because, you know, you've got a different manager potentially going down again and all that. And it's just, you know, the, the, the consequences of not doing what he wants are much higher than the potential pitfalls of giving him some money and, and letting him sort of do, do what he wants. I mean, you know, I think there was probably a little bit of frustration on Ashley's part that they demanded Carr to go and I think there's probably a little bit of all of that you know, floating around but you've given Rafa's had the keys to the castle now for 18 months so what are you going to do you know you've, you've gone all in just give him a little bit more hopefully he gets the message and I mean I suppose was it nearly 40,000 season tickets is mm. you know everything's kind of suggesting that Benitez is the right man for the job but we'll we'll live and hope that Ashley does um give Benitez a bit more money what we'll do now we'll just finish on a couple of uh, questions um, firstly Lee one from uh, Twitter from uh, Liam um, who is iDavs89 that's his Twitter handle he asks um, are Newcastle now relying on loans well I would say I wouldn't say that we're relying on them but that's a very high possibility that that's the direction they're going to go in because they're simply you know if you, if you look at that the Perez deal at Arsenal Arsenal won 13.4 million probably up front you have to pay the agent fees you have to probably put a five year contract down for him that's going to stack up very highly I think you've done a piece of the week about the Marino deal mm. why he's coming on loan and the financial implications of that they're probably looking at something closer to a season long loan deal with some terms and conditions in which would buy them some time once the TV money kicks in to eventually pay for someone like Perez and for you Mark uh, Miles Lambert again on Twitter asks um, you know, what chance do you give the club being better prepared for January and um, is that something that the club are already thinking towards uh, I don't think they're thinking about January necessarily but I think there'll be money to spend in January um, you know the, the, there's they get more of the money during the season so there'll be a bit of money there but um, you know, prices then might be quite high. So again, what Rafa said yesterday about mistakes. But I think there will be money to spend in January, especially if they're doing all right. Yeah. yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us. Just a quick mention, we are hopefully over the next kind of few months going to have some special guests on the podcast, some special podcasts, you know, the ins and outs, hopefully the club with yeah. some ex, uh, ex-players as well. And of course, you know, the season kicks off this Sunday. Um, Lee and Mark will both be at the ground. Chris is off on, on his holidays. So, um, Shocking, isn't it? Only not just with the commitment, but we'll be covering obviously live Chronicle Live UK. So um yeah, join us on Sunday for the for the big kickoff. And don't forget to rate the yes, podcast if you like it. Something. Yes, so on if iTunes, you like if you um in the top point and there's an option to review, if you can give it hopefully five stars and leave a little comment, we'd uh, we'd much appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 21,50 per maand met de iPhone SE 32 GB. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl Let op. Geld plenen kost geld.